Welcome to Our Frequencies, a podcast that explores fitness, health, and wellness with a modern approach to mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. All of this comes from a place of love and passion. My name is Ophi, and I will be your friendly neighborhood podcast host. So if you're all for it, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of O Frequencies. I recently actually announced on my Instagram story that this podcast is available. And, you know, I've been recording podcasts in the background and publishing them, but I hadn't announced or publicized this at all anywhere. So I'm really, really grateful and appreciative of the feedback and the response that I've gotten. So thank you so much. I am in the last leg of getting this podcast approved on Apple Podcasts. So all of you who are waiting for this to become available on Apple Podcasts, it is coming soon in the next 24 hours, I promise you. So today's topic is a little bit different from what I normally have been talking about. I wanted to deviate from the usual motivational health and fitness related content because I wanted to talk about a huge part of how I grew up to be the person that I am today and what kind of shaped the beliefs and expectations and standards of me, of the little Ophi of adult Ophi and you know like this is very relevant to what I'm doing currently so I thought I'd share this. I'll jump right into it. Being ABC here means being Australian born Chinese. So I was born and raised in Australia and funnily enough English is my second language although I can't say that my Chinese is any better. It's actually pretty terrible but Chinese was the language that I learned first when I was born to speak to my parents. But going into school in the Australian school system, obviously I had to learn how to speak English. And because I've just grown up in this educational system, knowing how to speak English fluently, reading and writing and communicating, it was integral. So I don't have some crazy story about how my parents fled to Australia to escape war or any kind of segregation. Fortunately, they just moved here because they wanted me to grow up in a Western culture. At least this is what they told me. Uh, They didn't want me to suffer. I say that in air quotes uh, through the intensive school system. I say it in air quotes because I don't know personally what the school system in Asia is like. I just see from an external perspective that it's quite crazy. Uh, They didn't want me to face the extremely competitive work culture of Asia. Uh, They didn't want to burden my upbringing with, you know, the idiosyncrasies that shaped theirs. And they wanted me to flourish and grow in a bigger, cleaner, more comfortable environment. They wanted me to learn and become fluent in this international language. And at the end of the day, they just wanted to give me the best possible life they could provide. I'm grateful for this because it's definitely shaped who I am today. I would not be the Ophi you are hearing right now if I had grown up in Hong Kong. That's where my parents are from. Although I grew up in Australia, there were things that made my childhood a little different to another's. I'm not going to lie, I was definitely beat as a kid. Cane, shoe, whatever, it was convenient. It was terrifying. I developed a bad habit of apologizing too much because I didn't know what else to say in those moments. I don't know if this experience is different when you have siblings, but I didn't have any and I felt so incredibly alone in those moments. 
but I don't for one second blame them. This was just the way that my parents were brought up. How could they have known to be any different? I always had lunches that were different to others. Everyone was having Lunchables, which is in Australia kind of like a quad pack and you get crackers, ham, Smarties and cheese and then you kind of build your little cracker sandwich. I thought that was amazing. And here I was jealous of this you know, processed food when my parents had packed me like pork floss sandwiches. <laughs> well, I mean, pork floss is still pretty processed and, and you know, white bread's still pretty processed, but... I don't know where I was going with that. It, it was just different, all right? And every time I'd pull it out, people would look at my food and be like, oh, what's that? That looks weird. And, you know, I was embarrassed to bring out my food. I'd actually often hide to eat it first and then come back to join my friends later when I'd finished my food just so I could avoid having that conversation. And of course, we have the usual curiosity of a young child. I'm certain that people of any ethnicity will go through this, but you get questions like, what's my name in Chinese? <laughs> or like, you know, ching chong cheng and like stuff like that. Or like they pull on their eyelids and they pretend to be Asian because we don't have eyes apparently. But, you know, my academic performance in school was also justified by me being Asian. But, you know, I don't think I'm born skilled or more academic than others. My parents put me through things like Kumon and North Shore just so I could get on top. I was working hard, hustling hard to get this academic performance in school. I still remember that at the end of every Kumon session, we have to go through our times tables from one to two to three and up to like 12 and 13. And like, I was really good at everything up until 12. But as soon as we got to the 13, times tables I struggled because it was just kind of outside of what we normally do in school and they time you and I remember crying and bawling my eyes out this is probably in grade three or four and I was so upset with myself that I was going so slowly through my 13s times tables I could not think because I was paralyzed by the thought of what would happen when they told my mom I took 10 minutes to go through my 13 times tables like props to my mom she just had very high standards and high expectations of her kid but damn I was terrified needless to say she did give me a good yell I don't really remember if she slapped me or not but I wouldn't be surprised if she did. And I think that is just a culture, a part of this Asian culture that there's this pressure that you just need to be extremely good at what you're doing and you need to exceed above and beyond what it's what's expected of you because if you're brilliant, then you'll get a good job and a good job will pay well and money means security and security means happiness and happiness means success. And that was kind of the belief and standard and expectation that was ingrained into my head as a kid. So the typical pathway would be study hard, get good grades, go into a good university, study an academic subject, graduate with a respectable degree, go into corporate, get a stable job with a good income, save money, buy a house, get married, have kids, raise a family, uh, give me grandchildren, pretty much. And because money was such a large part of this end result that we do all of this so that we can achieve a steady flow of income that will fund our life, our families, our happiness, that money doesn't grow on trees, that money is hard to come by. 
I started working as soon as it was legal for me to. I felt so desperate to get a head start. And that's all I thought there was to life. And you know, I did all the right things. I did extracurricular studies. I played piano. I worked multiple part-time gigs alongside school. I got good grades. I got into university. I studied a respectable degree. I got into a stable corporate job. But it got to a certain point where I was halfway along this path and it just felt so wrong. I didn't really care for the degree I studied for. I didn't find purpose within these jobs. I felt like a cog in the machine. I felt replaceable. I felt like a number. Houses are a lot more expensive nowadays than they were 20 years ago. How do we even possibly afford a house, a wedding, kids, without some kind of financial assistance or a significant amount of debt by the end of it? Or both. Whether you're Australian or Chinese or Sri Lankan or Vietnamese or Italian or Japanese or Hispanic or Sudanese or whatever, I have no doubt that we all go through these pressures at some point in our lives. The pressure to prove yourself or to make your parents proud. As I got older, moving into the workforce, there were some more subtle yet confronting exchanges that I'm sure all of you can relate to. Questions like, oh, where are you from? What's your nationality? I love your accent. Where is it from? How come you speak English so well? And I understand these are really great conversation starters and it's a natural curiosity to to wonder where someone is from when they look different. But it doesn't help when you get the same kind of questions when you go to, say, your country of origin. I go to Hong Kong to visit my family and relatives and I get, ha, guai mui, and your accent is so cute, like, oh, and like, oh, drink Australian milk and you become like Australian girls, like, yum, and and like, I feel like a foreigner in both countries. I'm so grateful that I'm bilingual. I can speak a little bit of Mandarin and like some some parts of Japanese from watching anime. But to the most extent, like I can, I'm fluent in Cantonese, but it's pretty clear I have an accent. And my parents never fail to remind me that my Chinese is terrible every time I try to talk to them in Chinese. And you know, I think I deserve a little bit better than that. Sorry about that. That was a little bit of a rant. But you know what's interesting? Here online, on social media, I have felt more at home than I ever could in these places. I'm connected with thousands, millions of like-minded people who experience similar or the same things. I get to see and hear other people's stories and I have a sense of belonging, a sense that I've never really gotten to experience in any of these places because I never knew others felt or experienced the same. Shout out to the uh, Subtle Asian Traits Facebook group. That was like, that was a turning point. I felt so connected to everyone that was posting in that group. Like every experience they laughed about and joked about, I could completely 100% resonate with. So as I mentioned earlier at the start of this episode, the reason I wanted to deviate from the usual motivational health and fitness related content is because this is a huge part of who I am and a huge part of my why with absolutely no disrespect whatsoever. I've never truly resonated fully with my teachers in school, my managers at work, or my coaches in health. They gave immense value to me and taught me things that I will cherish forever and carry throughout my journey. And undoubtedly, they were all an integral part of my life and my learning, but I could never truly see myself in them 
or relate to them outside of our work. But with the rise in technology and its capabilities today, this privilege of being connected with so many other people who are passionate about the same things as I am, this is how I have been able to find purpose and fulfillment. So in opening up about this topic today, I want to acknowledge that yes, we are all different in our own unique ways, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of the fact that I'm Chinese or you are Vietnamese or you are Australian or you are American or anything, even more so that if you can resonate with anything that I'm saying today, that you are not alone. I want to be that person that little Ophie was looking for when she felt lost and alone, to tell her that this path that people have funneled you into is not the path you need to go down, that you can create and carve your own path. I'm trying to be that person for her because that little girl inside of me is still crying out to me from time to time, worried telling me that this is risky, that this is wrong, that this isn't what mommy and daddy would want, that work isn't enjoyable, that work just gives you money and you need money to succeed. But I'm standing tall and I'm telling her, no, this is what you have always wanted. And I'm willing to take all those risks to prove to you that this is right, that you deserve to walk your own path that you do not owe anyone an explanation for your happiness, for what makes you happy and for what you need to do to be fulfilled, to find purpose and to achieve your dreams. I share my experience as an ABC, but I have no doubt that people from Western cultures also experience the same kind of funneling in their pathways. Money does not define your success. Status does not define who you are. Only you can prove to yourself that you are more than that. If you get this niggling feeling in your heart, in your soul, that there is more to your life than what you are doing and what you are giving yourself credit for, I so encourage you to pursue it. My voice did a really funny thing just now. I'm so sorry, but I'm not re-recording that because there was so much emotion behind that. Anyway, that about concludes this episode. I just want to quickly make a disclaimer that I am sharing this today again just because I want to share how this has shaped the person that I am today. And I am by no means pulling a race card. I don't want you to feel sympathy. You do not need to empathize. If you do, that's fine. That means you resonate with this experience. But Needless to say, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please let me know what you think on Instagram at Ophiho. If this is available on Apple Podcasts now, please leave me an iTunes review. Any feedback that is constructive, good or bad, I am appreciative and grateful for. So I am sure we will speak very shortly. And until next time, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you left a review. If you're looking for more great vibrations and high frequencies, come and find me on Instagram at Ophiho. We have an amazingly supportive community there, so I'd love it if you could join us. Sending you lots of love, and I'll see you next time.